Welcome to the Limitless Hairdresser Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. At Limitless, we believe you deserve to live the life of your dreams, and we're here to help you make that happen by bringing you high-vibe educational episodes from myself and leaders in the fields of meditation, personal development, and conscious business practices. We're here to provide you, the beauty professional, with mindful tools and support for an enriched career in life. So plug in and tune out the outside world and let's go on this journey together. Welcome to episode number 49 of the Limitless Hairdresser podcast. Today I have on special guest Amanda Riley. She is an LA-based hairdresser and she is starting to do some really neat things within the beauty industry, bringing together community and encouragement amongst our peers. When she's not working behind the chair and servicing her guests as a color specialist, she is working on a project called Glow Social, bringing industry professionals all over the beauty industry, uh, makeup artists, estheticians, anyone who's in the service industry that has something to do with beauty together to talk about topics that we may not have been so accustomed to in the traditional sense of education. Things that are going to help with business and entrepreneurship, marketing, branding, um, growing a community and growing our businesses in a way that is conversational and educational. And I just love that in this time of the beauty industry that things like this are popping up all over and it's giving us an opportunity to create a really big dynamic shift in what it looks like to be a hairdresser. And that's a big reason I started Limitless Hairdresser, the podcast to begin with, was to bring people forward who are doing things that are really neat and really powerful to set the standard of what it's going to look like for our future. And Amanda is doing just that. She's totally setting the stage for what the future of our industry could look like um, from a business perspective, from a community perspective. Um, Today, she's going to be talking on what it's like to transition from a commission stylist to an independent hairstylist, aka a booth renter, if you're familiar with that term. And really what I wanted her to share with us is from a conscious business standpoint, what are some of the things that are going to be really helpful if you're someone who's ready to take that leap or you're interested or curious about what that could look like? Um, And she's going to share the steps that she took and some of the fears she had and also how to set yourself up for success. So it's an easy transition and you feel confident in the why behind what you're doing. I think this episode will be really helpful for anyone who's interested in this or maybe you're already started on your way but you need some more tips because you're not feeling the momentum that you were really looking for. I think this episode will really help you Get some ideas in your head for having a really powerful and clear vision for your 2020 business year. If you are listening to this episode during the month of December, we are still on our Instagram vacation for the rest of the month. So we won't see anything that you share on Instagram, but if you are on Instagram, go ahead and share 
a screenshot of you listening to this episode and share what you love about it so that other people can come check out the podcast. And if you're on your Insta vacation like us, you can really help us out by going and leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, leaving us a comment or a review. Once we hop back on Instagram, we're going to be sharing some of the reviews on there from some of your favorite episodes and things that you're loving. So we'd love for you to be a part of that. But in the meantime, we are in full-blown manifesting mode over here at Team Limitless, planning and getting some really cool stuff together for you for the 2020 year, which is going to be very, very powerful. So plug in and tune out the outside world. Enjoy this episode with Amanda Riley. Welcome, Amanda, to the Limitless Hairdresser podcast. How are you today? I'm so great. How are you? I am just wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I, me and Amanda, this is our third time trying to record this because I don't know. Maybe the information trying to come through is just, it's so fierce. Mm-hmm. The internet can't handle it. Yeah. Can't handle us. <laughs> yeah, I was just telling Amanda, it don't, I don't care how much you meditate or how much you practice doing anything. Things are always going to go wrong and you just got to deal with it and go with it. And I'm so thankful for you. Tomorrow's mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, so I'm like... I'm so thankful that you're so relaxed and going with the flow with this because it's, uh, yeah, technology is amazing. It's just one of those things that, like, when you see a child play with, like, an iPhone and you're like, how did you figure that out? That used to be, like, us when we were, like, kids or whatever, like, with technology. And now we're, like, the older generation that doesn't know how to do anything. I know. I'm grandpa. I'm, like, the 90-year-old grandpa who's like, what is this, dear? yeah how do you how do you make it work my gosh it's for real though but I'm so excited you're here and you have such an amazing thing going on why don't you just tell us um a little bit about what you're doing where you are uh yeah little little cliff note of Amanda all right my name is Amanda Riley I am a hairstylist in Los Angeles I am an independent hairstylist, which is a little different from commission, and we'll be talking more about that. And I love growing the beauty industry community with encouragement and with community. I have a event that I host every three months here in Los Angeles. It's called The Glow Social, and it is all about those things, community and encouragement. This past year, I hosted four different of those events, and we'll be doing some more in 2020. So that is what I'm all about. Awesome. I love that. Why don't you tell a little bit about the Glow Social? Because I think what you're doing is so cool, especially for um, independent hairstylists who are trying to navigate what it looks like to be an entrepreneur. Because it's 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 not just all the fun, glammy stuff of making pretty pretty colors and doing all the things. It's a lot about you know knowing how to really run a business. So why don't you share with us kind of what that looks like through Glow Social. Absolutely. So Glow Social is all about, um, like I said, community and encouraging one another. So we start out each event with introducing yourself to another person at the event that you've never met and you don't follow on Instagram. Or maybe, I guess, if you do follow them on Instagram, but you've never met them in real life. And each event has had a different topic. So we either have a panel or we have specific speakers come and share their personal journey and their personal tips and tricks 
for whatever the topic is. So the first event was all about building your Instagram 101. The second event was taking ownership. So that was talking about the different faucets of business ownership within the beauty industry. So that could mean uh, freelancing or being independent or owning your own business. And the third event was called Hustle and Glow. We had some women come out and speak about their different side hustles and how they created them and ways that they've grown their business through that side hustle. So even one woman came and she manufactures eyelash extensions. So it was really cool to hear from her about her journey of like creating an actual product that she's selling. And the last event was called Building Your Brand Basics. We had um, three panelists come out and share all about their tips and tricks for branding and why that's important in the beauty industry. And one of those speakers was a super special team because she is not in the beauty industry at all. She actually creates um, brands and websites for female-based entrepreneurs companies. Um, so each event has a topic that we talk about and share about. There's been really amazing speakers at all the events and just so much community has been built. It's been really wonderful to see that grow in the past year. And there's no event planned for 2020 as of right now, but there will definitely be some coming. I'm really excited to see how much more community can grow in Los Angeles and how where these are going to be going. Amazing. I love that. And we're going to talk a little bit about today, what that might be like if you're a person who's listening and you're really interested in going out on your own and either starting your own business or becoming an independent stylist. And Amanda is going to share with us your, maybe your top tips on maybe the things you want to go over before you take the leap and then kind of what that looks like as you go through the process. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm so excited to share my journey of becoming an independent hairstylist. Um, I've been doing hair for about 12 years now. And when I moved to Los Angeles, I'd been doing hair in Colorado, where I'm from, for seven years. And I found a salon that was amazing, and I was able to build my clientele really fast because they had a lot of walk-ins, um, and they had a great community built within the community of Los Angeles, but that also meant that I kind of plateaued at that salon really fast because there was no room for independent growth and there was no room for like wanting to have a certain direction or anything. And I realized that the industry is has changed so much since I first started doing here and there's a ton more room for growth as an individual stylist versus the salon as a whole. So I knew that I had, um, I needed to make a change and I needed to grow and the next best thing or the next stop, I guess, on was uh, to become an independent hairstylist, which is what I call it rather than saying a booth renter because I feel like that's a much nicer term than saying booth renter. I feel like in the days of old, there was a lot of like negative connotation regarding that like you weren't necessarily like a team player or you weren't as cleanly or you weren't as organized um so through that journey of switching from commission to booth rental i found an amazing salon that helped me not be as fearful in making that change and making taking that plunge of going independent 
Um, but Kelly and I were talking about earlier, just the fear of what that looked like for me was really what held me back for so long. And I remember the owner of the salon telling me, once you go like independent, you will just think to yourself, how did I wait so long? What was I doing? Why did I think that? Um, and that's truly how it felt, but I even told my husband, he was like, well, why do you want to do this? Why aren't you ready? Because once they had, you know, started talking about the idea and that journey and what it could look like for me, he's like, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it? I'm like, when I'm ready, I'll know. And and it kind of just happened like that for me. I was like, okay, I'm ready. And then like the next day, I was like reaching out to different places. And um, But through that journey and why today is so special to be sharing about this is I realized that there's really not a lot of information out there for telling stylists how to go from commission to booth rental. And I feel like there's a lot of like business info out there now for hairstylists versus like 12 years ago when I first started. Like that's why I said that there's kind of was that negative connotation of being a booth rental in my mind mm-hmm. because that's how it was 12 years ago when I started doing hair. And so, I really was just searching for a blog, um, a Pinterest-like graphic, a um, podcast, anything, and I wasn't finding anything when I took that jump. So that's why I love sharing my journey so that other people can be um, not as fearful and to take that plunge and to grow their career. Yeah. So what would be the first thing? I mean, I know overcoming our fear is a huge part of just taking the leap because we have to trust that we're ready. And, you know, everybody does things at their own time. So maybe you have the idea, but you're not quite ready. Or maybe you have the idea and you're like, man, and you're like, I'm going for it. I'm ready to do it right now. What are the things that you would share with people were so important for you to set up and get really clear about before you just like, opened up shop and started your own thing? Um, there's a lot of things that I've learned now after being independent for about two years that I wish I had known then, which no one told me. So I'll talk a bit about that, but I think the best advice that I wanted to share with everyone was one little nugget of advice I got from a stylist that he told me Because I think that really what it comes down to for making this transition is money, finances, right? And Mm -hmm. so I was so scared that if I went on on my own, I wasn't going to be able to pay my rent, my color fees, all of my um, overhead, and that I wasn't going to make enough money to still live um, the way that I was living at the time, you know? Yeah. Like live well or whatever. And um, that was my biggest fear, is just not making enough money. And he told me that if you can take all of your overhead, so we're talking like your fees for your credit card fees, your um, you know apps on your phone that you have to use for scheduling now, or whatever those are, and you have to pay even $10 a month for that. All of your color or your supplies, we're talking like, beverages for your clients um if you're gonna provide anything else for them if you're gonna like pay for their parking or whatever it could be and then also your rent so if you can take all those things add it up 
And if you can make that amount of money in one week, then you are ready to go booze rental. And he told me that in a meeting and I was sitting there like, I have no idea if I can do that. And then I went home and like calculated based on um, how much I had clients pre-booked mm-hmm. with me that I, I could in fact make that amount of money. And so that was kind of like the moment when I was like, okay, no, I'm, I'm like really ready. I'm really ready for this this time. Um, so that was one of the best pieces of advice that I got that I love to share with people because if you're like me and it comes down to like a numbers type of thing and just hearing that like number, mm-hmm. then you're good to go. Um, so that would be a big thing. Another thing that I think was super important that helped me move clients was pre-booking. So because clients already had an appointment set with me, all I told them was, hey, just so you know, the location's changed. You know, obviously I sent them a much longer email, like informing them of like, there's a location change. I'm super excited. I hope you're on board and you'll find me. Like if you want to keep the same appointment, you can. Um, And this is just an address change to you. And every one of those clients was so happy. Like it was just an outpouring of love and support and people were, because I made it about like, this is an exciting thing. I'm so happy. Like, this is a huge change. It's going to be great. Um, versus like, oh, I'm just like moving down the street. Like, hope to see you there because they didn't have an appointment booked with me. So that was a really easy way of kind of having like guaranteed money um, and guaranteed income was by having clients pre-booked out in advance. Um, which I am still super into pre-booking and always have been, and that's really helped me with being independent hairstylist and be able to track my finances and budget and things like that. Um, so that would be a huge thing that I did that I would absolutely encourage people that are trying to take that journey to do. Uh, the other big thing would be to start engaging with your clients on social media if you're not already. Mm-hmm. That is by far my biggest tip. And that is how I got most or all of my clients to follow me and to sit in my chair and to bring their friends in and refer you know, their mother and their grandma because they were so happy for me by taking this exciting leave of faith. And again, that's how I awarded things from the beginning. Like, I am so excited for you guys to follow me, to come with me. This is going to be great. This is a huge step forward in my career. Um, So uh, if you are not engaging with your clients on Instagram, that is the biggest thing. I feel like most stylists that are kind of like ready to make that journey have been doing that sort of thing for a while. If you're not, Uh, The biggest way that I did that was the salon that I was at previously was very much like, these are our clients, they're not yours. And I would take pictures of each and every single client whose hair I did, no matter what, even if it was like something that wasn't on brand for me and I wouldn't have posted, I still said, can I take pictures of you? And that would kind of create almost like a moment with me and the client where I could say something like, hey, um, I'm going to post this on Instagram. What's your profile so I can tag you? Or that sort of thing, which then got them to 
repost it or to follow me back or that sort of thing. So it's just constantly engaging with them or even things um, like if a client posted a selfie or something, I would say, oh my gosh, we can look so cute. Can't wait to see you soon. So just having that engagement is kind of a way of dropping your business card in every day and saying like, hey, don't forget about me, like over here. And, and, and then when clients did come in and I you know, shared to them the journey of me um, taking, going independent, they were so happy to send their friends to me, which was so encouraging because if they were willing to follow me to a different salon, and in my story, I was switching to another salon where I was at for eight months while I was waiting for the salon that I'm currently at to be built. So they were following me twice, which wow. is huge in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Like no one journeys more than <laughs> 20 minutes and 20 minute drive is like two miles in LA. Right. So I was asking a lot of people to kind of make that journey. So it was really encouraging to see how many people would, in, in fact, send me their friends and send me their family and want to support me and post about me. But it was really great. So those would kind of be the big three biggest things that I did to start. And I have a lot of things that I would not do. I would not go out. Yeah. What's the not list? <laughs> <laughs> the not list. Okay. I would not go out and buy a thousand dollars of color. <laughs> that is what I did. I felt like because the salon that I was at previously provided all of my supplies for me, I was so scared that if a client sat in my chair, I wouldn't have the right color for them. Mm -hmm. And that's mostly what I do. I mostly do color. And so when you um, have a redhead sitting in your chair and you have like no red, what are you going to do? Right. So I was very panicked over that. But looking back, you don't need every single color that the color line makes. And I work with Wella, which is a ton of color and yeah, different colors in their color lines. And they have like five different color lines and all this stuff. They each do different things. And I was panicked, but that investment just didn't need to be that big. That's all I would say. Like you don't need to go and spend that much money on your actual supplies. I would say go and buy things that are like update all of your brushes, things like that. Have like nicer equipment because if you are asking people to invest in you, then you need to be investing in yourself with mm -hmm. giving them the best that you can by having like proper tools and things that are updated versus like a blow dryer that you've been using for 10 years. Right. I think there's definitely more value in investing in that type of stuff. Um, so I would not do that. And the biggest thing that I would share about going booth rental and do not do is do not let go of your boundaries with your clients. Mm. Fear-based thing that we tell ourselves. Um, I'm loving like what Don Bradley has been sharing lately. If you follow her, she is always talking about having boundaries with your clients. And it's not because you don't love them. I think that it's really hard as hairstylists because 
we love our clients. We love what we do. We love making people happy. And we are so fearful of not making people happy that we don't have any boundaries anymore. Mm -hmm. And we're also not even regarded as business owners to people. Like, they don't think of, oh, my hairstylist owns her own business or, you know, she's like a business entity. She's just a person that does my hair. So I think it's really, really important to have those boundaries set up from day one. What I did, and I will tell you to not do, was everyone had my personal cell phone number, mm -hmm. they had my email, they have my Instagram, they probably have my blood type at this point in time. <laughs> but I would say that you should not do any of those things because the thing is your client will find you because you've set up like the backbone of your business and that would be like you've been engaging with them on social media, you've been emailing with them because that's how you're going to tell them that you're going um, independent or you're moving salons or that sort of thing. But they don't need your cell phone number. Mm -hmm. And when they DM you at 10 p.m., you don't need to reply. You can reply the next day during business hours or you can reply I mean, even you could reply and say, hey, thanks, Tracy. Here's our um, here's my online booking. Go ahead and check there. But do that during your normal business hours. It doesn't need to be at 10 p.m. at night when you should be sleeping or, you know, watching movie or having dinner with girlfriends or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But I let go of each and every boundary with my clients. And... Part of that also has to do with social media, and I think that people get to see this like, other side of parasailists now if you're sharing personal things, which I do, and that means that they DM you and reply. And lots of times I just have to not open their messages now, um, unless it's within my business hours. And that's really hard to do because people get used to hearing from you all the time. But setting up those boundaries and not letting them go in the time of transition between either if you're moving salons or if you're staying in the same salon and you're able to start renting a chair, have the receptionist still do everything. Or set up an email or anything like that. But you should not be giving out your personal cell phone number or anything like that. I would encourage you to not do that and to set up boundaries because what happens is when your client is no-showing you and you have a cancellation policy in set but they don't know it because you never told them or you've never enforced it, they're going to be like, oh, Amanda wants me. She's not going to care and you're going to feel uncomfortable enforcing anything ever because you're so fearful of losing that client. Yeah. Because you've let go of all of your boundaries. Yeah, so. that happens all the time. I've I've mm -hmm. seen that for so many years and experienced it myself where I'm like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? Here I am now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uncomfortable and it's harder to create create those kind of non negotiables, but mm -hmm. when you do, it feels easier because you already know like you've already set an expectation and once the expectations mm -hmm. are understood by everyone mm -hmm. if they really do love you and respect you they'll they'll know that it's for a reason right and we can pour mm -hmm. so much more into them when we are with them absolutely so i love that 
And I think that a lot of times, like, we get, like, angry with clients and we're like, what? Like, how could she do that to me? But actually, it's because you never told her, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I had a really big takeaway. Uh, me and Kelly went to Rise Up Live, which was a conference here in Orange County by Jamie Dina. And Don Bradley talked about it. Um, having boundaries and one thing that she said that really resonated with me because I've been trying to have more boundaries with clients and to actually enforce the cancellation policy and one thing that she said was do you tell your clients your cancellation policy or is it just written in small print at the end of your email mm -hmm. I'm like oh whoops like it's totally at the end of my email I'm not telling that them telling them that to their face during our consultation. So now I've been doing that more. Or even in my emails when I'm talking to new clients, I have a new client form set up on my website. Um, and I say, I make sure to say, my cancellation policy is this. Even though they're getting it at the bottom of my email, they're getting it on my online, on my website to book an appointment online, they're getting it in their confirmation email, but that way it's just reiterated more and more so that when it does take come time when I'm supposed to take that, I'm not feeling as fearful or like I'm hurting their feelings. Right. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times we just don't have those conversations because we're afraid of um, rejection or we're afraid of feeling a certain way that isn't going to make us feel warm and fuzzy, you know, because some people yeah. might be like, I've had, I've raised my prices before and I sent, I've raised them several times, but I raised them one time and sent out an email to my clients saying, you know, hey, I appreciate you. This is what I'm doing. It was a very gr great email. And 99% of people who got it were responded amazing and were happy mm -hmm. for me. And they're like proud of me for, for being so professional and, and informative. But I had one person, right? There's always like the one heckler that makes you feel like, Ugh. Yeah. And she but said, when you sent the email, you know, it was going to be that person. <laughs> no, I was surprised. That was Ooh. the thing. Yeah. I was really surprised. And she said, why do you think you deserve to raise your prices 20%? I've worked in the same job for 20 years and have never gotten that big of a price or a raise in my whole life. Yeah. Wow. And so, I, I mean, talk about self-worth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, am I worth this? Should mm -hmm. I be doing this? Mm -hmm. My gosh. You know, that one person can really get to you. And, um, it took me, it took me a few days to like really let it go. Now I can look at it and be like, you know, that wasn't me. That was just that person, um, mm -hmm. feeling maybe a little bit frustrated in their own life. And, yeah. oh, here's an opportunity for me to outwardly take that out on someone else who is feeling like they're getting what they want and what they deserve. Maybe she didn't feel like what she was getting what she wanted and deserved in her life. When someone is empowered enough to say what they want and say what they need and you don't feel like you have that opportunity, it can feel a little bit um, crushing. And so I got that from her. And uh, that kind of stuff will happen, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. we're human beings and you might get rejected. You might get told no. And it's okay because in the grand scheme of things, having that confidence and being able to create those boundaries and create that um, ability within yourself to say what you need 
yeah. is so much more beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's an interesting thing dealing dealing with that. And I think that's like to your point of having boundaries, it's so important just to create that clear role of yeah. I am your service provider. I love you. I'm going to be friendly with you, but this is the role I have to play to to be able to do the things I need to do. Yes. I think that that's something that we always need to reiterate Mm -hmm. to our clients that even if you are commissioned, you're still in charge of your own business. I think that, you know, 12 years ago when I started doing hair and I sat around from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m waiting for a walk-in or waiting for someone to call and now that doesn't exist walk-ins don't exist anymore and so how are newer stylists going out and getting clients they feel like they're actually able to build their clients health way faster than when we first started doing hair because if they're constantly trying and they're you know doing like the social media thing or they're going out they're promoting themselves as you can now versus it being like before was salon promoted you the salon marketed you're now in charge of your own business and that's really the only way you're going to grow in the industry anymore Mm -hmm. and so i think it's so important to remember like you are a business and to actually tell your clients that that you know amanda riley is a business and i talk about myself that that way sometimes like on social media and i'll be like amanda riley headquarters Mm-hmm. There's no headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> Reporting live from my kitchen. Yeah, totally. So I think it's really important to have that like business mindset and to be treating it as such. And there's so many times where like what you're saying with raising your prices, like I just sent that email to and I was so scared. I really didn't have any feedback, but that's fine because mm-hmm. If I was having feedback, it probably would have been more panicked that it was going to be, like, bad or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that a lot of times, again, with, like, enforcing our protocols or our policies or those types of things, and when they're not, like, I, for instance, just terminated a business relationship with a brand that I've been exclusively doing care for for the past year and that felt so uncomfortable for me but I literally used those words like I'm terminating our business relationship because that's what it is like I loved half the people I worked with but I couldn't have my business be a part of theirs anymore and I've also, like, I've had to fire one client, no, maybe two, um, in the past two years. And that is also how I worded it. Because at the end of the day, it's hard when there's so many boundaries that are lost. And, like, we're, again, I'm saying, you know, this past year, I've shared a lot about personal stuff going on with me and my husband's health. And I feel like a lot of times that eliminates those boundaries because we're like posting information on social media and we're posting things about like our dogs or our family or personal tidbits and so you kind of like blur those lines a little Mm -hmm. bit and so it's really hard when you're trying to put them back to like not hurt someone's feelings but again at the end of the day you have to do what's right for your business Mm -hmm. and maybe with someone's feelings because it's but maybe the right for you. Yeah. 
I always keep this in the back of my, my mind whenever I'm starting to get that. Because, I, I mean, I think a lot of us are like, overcoming people-pleasing tendencies. Mm-hmm. And I always have to remind myself that no matter what I do, as long as it comes from my heart and it's for my my benefit, that it will always be beneficial for everyone around me. Even if it seems like it's not. Even if that person gets upset and they leave you and they stop seeing you. Maybe they needed that. Maybe they need to go somewhere else and they're going to find more happiness there. Great. You know, at the end of the day, we have to focus on, you know, what's in alignment for us Mm -hmm. for what we're doing or else you're just going to constantly feel like you're giving, 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 and you will, that's how you get burnt out completely. Mm -hmm. There will be nothing left. (laughs) Yeah. It's been so nice to see. Um, I've been doing like a lot of polls and like, uh, engaging with my Instagram audience and asking them about who is independent and who is commissioned or who owns a business, um, like a brick and mortar business. And so it's been really encouraging to see just how many people are and have been growing their business to something to become more independent and in owning their business. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really encouraging to say, to hear that, but I also feel like a lot of us are all dealing with the same problems and there might be problems that we you know brought upon ourselves by not having boundaries or spending too much money on color and those types of things Mm -hmm. but I also find that a lot of issues that we're having in business can all there's always a solution by having community and talking to other people that are going through the exact same thing and finding out like oh Kelly did that that's so cool. Like, why didn't I think of that? Or just talking to people because we often forget that the point of social media is actually to be social. So um, that's been really encouraging to have kind of that be brought to my attention in the past year with Globe Social and having my event as just how many people are dealing with the same issues across the board. Oh, and that yeah. seems like in the beauty industry in general, that's not just hairstylists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And having my project of Limitless Hairdresser and Mm -hmm. being able to speak to so many different hairstylists on the podcast and just being out there in the field, we're all the same. And we're Mm -hmm. all dealing with the same issues. We're all dealing with the same questions. And you're right, like creating these communities within within our world is, is really helpful to be able to get guidance from each other because we're the ones in the trenches doing the things. And so who knows better, you know, than, than us. So love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Finally, we got this thing going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you and all that you're doing. Amazing. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your week and yeah. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, you too. Bye.